Hello and welcome to the movie podcast. My name is Anthony. I'm one of your hosts. As always, you can. <laughs> it's like, like you forgot. You're like I'm yeah. one of your. Hosts. I'm uh, who am I? <laughs> As I'm always, I'm joined by my two co-hosts. It's been a long time. This is the first you know recording I'm doing on as a host in the past. I want to say two that's months. Tr- so I, that's I'm true. a little forgetful of what I used to do. But yeah. as always, I'm joined by my two co-hosts. You probably heard them, Daniel and Shay. How are you doing today? We'll start off with Shay. Uh, we're or Daniel. okay. We'll start <laughs> with Shay. You know what? This show is for, off the rails for once. <laughs> the public is starting with me. Uh, yeah, I'm good, man. I'm good. You know, um, we're we're recording remotely today. Today, there's an impending snowstorm for us here in Ontario or in the southern parts of Ontario. So mm. I'm sure these northern parts of Ontario are probably flooded in snow. Who knows? But you know, as much as I love living in Canada, um, I hate winter and I hate snow. So, looking forward to that today. Daniel? Uh, yeah, no, I'm good. It, it's funny. Yeah, the northern parts of Ontario are probably like, yeah, you guys are getting 20 centimeters. Big whoop. We just had three feet of snow. For our Americans, what's 20 centimeters? They probably use like miles there, right? Uh, 20 how, how many centi- miles of snow are they getting? But, but it's funny. I went three feet when I could have <laughs> gone like, oh, it's uh, 90 centimeters of snow. That's uh, true. 20 centimeters is just like, I guess, uh, a quarter of a, uh, I guess, three quarters of a foot. I usually measure just under? the, yeah, the, the leg. Like, does it go up to the shin? Measure the leg. Sorry, hold on. Wait, what? Yeah, because when you step. Yeah, when yeah you but, but step your in, leg is not a universal measurement yeah, if, for the world, though. If you though. step in snow, <laughs> it, will, it will measure. You can me- use your leg as a measuring tool, right? Oh, it's yeah, above the your ankle. Your shin is not the same the as shin, everybody else's. <laughs> is that what you think measuring in feet is, by the way? Like, I just want to confirm something. <laughs> No, but I'm just saying this is, you know, how yeah. how much snow you get is based on your leg length. Based on Anthony's legs. Anthony yes. Anthony said subway like, yeah, can I get like a up to my kneecap kind of a sub if that's okay? <laughs> so we only carry like foot longs here. Okay, I don't know what that means, but I'm going to try again. Uh, I don't, okay? That sounds I don't, small. I don't know. I don't order. <laughs> and we had we had cold cold week this week. It was like minus 30, which is like I want to say minus 2 in the states. Again, but like like, minus thirty I, I, is like I, crazy cold. Don't yeah, not, does the U.S. What, does the U.S. like once they hit minus thirty, do they still do their like? Do they still? I don't know how it works. Yeah, they their, still with their Fahrenheit. If they still measure the weather? <laughs> no, no. I'm asking like, do that once they hit thirty? Do they just go? Do they is it still within the Fahrenheit? Like, yeah, is thirty still, for them? They but like, they don't have below. Like below zero for them is a lot colder then. Yeah, that's oh, what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, minus yeah. thirty right? is like a minus two or three. Yeah, yeah, it's cold. So if you say minus three to them, they're like, "Oh my gosh!" They're like, if "How you are you alive?" Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a great opening. I haven't again. Thank you for bearing with me in my uh, intro this week. <laughs> As always, you can catch a brand new episode of the movie podcast every single Monday and watch out throughout the week for our review episodes on all the latest movies and series. Make sure to follow us at the movie podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok and Letterbox. And don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Spotify, and join our Discord and write into the show at hello at the movie podcast.ca.
I'm going to send it off to Daniel for some announcements. Uh, we have some great announcements this week. Uh, you know, we started back on the movie podcast in 2022 last week. We have our best of 2021 episode available now, which is a supersized episode, but definitely one of my favorite episodes that we've ever done. A lot of laughs, and then we spent a lot of time talking about what made last year so special at the movies, because last year really was special uh, coming off of 2020, where it felt like we had like almost no movies come out. Because we really didn't. Uh, we also dropped our Peacemaker review, which you could catch. Now we talk spoiler. We have a spoiler-filled discussion on the first three episodes, which are also out now on HBO Max and Crave to listen to. Oh, sorry, to watch. Uh, shout out to Spotify Podcasts. Again, I don't know who knows us there or who likes us there at Spotify, who's, who's tweeting out our episodes from the official Spotify account, but thank you for doing that. Hopefully... You know, you you make yourself known and then we become friends and then, you know, you throw us up on a billboard in Times Square one day. Mm-hmm. Maybe when it's my when it's 32 degrees, mm-hmm. we'll go Fahrenheit. travel to New York Fahrenheit. City. Fahrenheit, of course. 32 degrees here for us is like, holy shit, this is hot. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, but please, yeah, Spotify, thank you again so much for shouting us out. That's amazing. Um, and definitely check out our review of Peacemaker because it's a really fun show and we have a really good time talking about it. Uh, this week on the movie podcast feed, a bit of a smaller week in terms of our releases, but we do have a review out com- uh, a review coming on Tuesday for The After Party. This is a brand new Apple TV Plus original series created by Christopher Miller, who you will know from his, obviously, his directorial collaborations with Phil Lord and is a producer of Spider-Verse. You want to hear us talk about the show, so don't miss that. That's all I could say. Um, also this week, we had some sad news drop. Uh, Bob Saget, who you'll know from Full House, from America's Funniest Home Videos, from lots of movies and uh, being a stand-up comedian, he did pass away this week. Um, and I wanted to ask you guys, what was your, um, background with Bob? Like, did you, were you guys big Full House fans? I mean, it was very sudden this week, so it was a really sad week, because he really was almost like America's dad, especially when you think of Full House in the 90s and everything like that. But I'm going to kick it off to you guys, uh. Anthony, I'll get you to start us off. Yeah, uh, Bob was was huge in my in growing up because he was like part of Full House, which was a show I watched all the time. So seeing him um, on that show as well as Funniest Home Videos, where you know he would be the host of that show, he was a big part of my childhood growing up and learning about him. I always thought he was like the nicest dude in the world, but as a stand-up comedian, he's one of the most vulgar uh, stand-up comedians. So it's just so funny to see the the different perception of him as a person. But um, yeah, super sad that he passed away. I didn't like unexpected. It just I heard it was a Sunday. Was it last Sunday? It was. Yeah, it was. Last it was, Sunday, yeah. it was, it was last, last Sunday. Sunday yes, <laughs> it's so sad. Um, but. He will be missed. Um, yeah, I, I think the thing with Bob as well, too, is that, like like you said, Anthony, like, we always think about these people on these shows and kind of who they portray. Um, and even though Bob Saget's stand-up comedy was a lot more vulgar and a lot more uh, dirty than we're used to seeing Danny Tanner, who's very clean-cut yeah. and very clean, who's we see in the show, um, the, the one kind of consistent message I think we've been seeing um, this week with people sharing their stories is that he really is one of the nicest human beings on the earth which was um which is always nice to to hear that and i think um like like i've said on the show like we've spoke about on the show before um these people almost become part of your family when you're when you're watching their shows and your movies you invite them into your house and they they feel like they're part of you so whenever you Mm -hmm. lose someone especially like bob who was only 65 he was not an old age at all um 
it's sad, you know, and like compared to last week when we were talking about um, Betty White and Cindy Poitier who lived long lives, it's sad that Bob was taken from us at such a young age. Mm-hmm. Um, Shay, how about yourself? Yeah, I mean, same here. Um, Full House was always on in our house and America's Funny Some Videos was, I'd say, religiously watched. Like we'd gather around as a family to watch that uh, whenever it was on. So to, so to hear that news yes, last week, right after we finished recording, I was just like, oh, come on, man. Like, this is just like every year, like at the end of the year or at the beginning of the year, these just big, you know, monumental deaths occur that just really um, make that time period a lot sadder. And, you know, we're going to miss Bob Saget. I remember when his, yeah, his special came out, I was shocked that he was so vulgar, but I loved it. I love that he had that side to him. It really showed that, you know, he was human. Um, so definitely going to miss definitely gonna miss bob saget yeah definitely in our thoughts and prayers obviously are with his family uh but the nice thing with the legacy that he gets to leave behind is that we will always be able to enjoy the work that he gave the world so we will continue to do that um tangent hard right on the show we know we do have a special guest joining us on the movie podcast today shay please tell us who is joining us of course. So we have, you know, friend of the show, Brick and Nick joining us, who's a Lego extraordinaire and absolute genius when it comes to Lego. And he's got a great Twitch stream, and an awesome Twitter feed if you ever want to check it out. He's done some of the best builds that are going towards Lego ideas. Right now, currently, he has a PS5 life-size and a Xbox Series X uh, that are kind of up there. I remember uh, about a year or so ago, a little bit over a year now, he did a... Um, cyber truck for the for tesla and it got, it got pretty far and it got him a lot of notoriety even i think elon musk uh looked at it too so that's pretty cool and again yes as of today when we're recording he's celebrating six years on twitch as well so a lot of giveaways a lot of fun stuff that he does so check him out de- definitely after the show as well a lot of his links are going to be in the um, show notes as well so let's get over to our discussion now Welcome back to the Movie Podcast, and joining us now and making his debut on the Movie Podcast is a longtime friend of the show and a, and a master Lego builder. Please welcome Brick and Nick. Nick, thanks for joining us. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. How are you guys doing? Oh, doing great, doing great. Of course, we're joined by Daniel and Anthony. Hello, everyone. Nick, thanks so much again. Like, We're so happy to have you joining us. Uh, right off the bat, I, I want to ask you about your Lego Ideas builds that you have uh, right now on the Lego Ideas website. I've seen it being covered by, I think, every single news outlet <laughs> right now. Uh, so please tell us more about uh, your PS5 and your Xbox Series X builds. Yeah, absolutely. So um, over the last about three months, I've been working very hard on one-to-one scale recreations in Lego of the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X. And I've taken those builds and I've submitted them to a platform called Lego Ideas, where if a project that's submitted there can get 10,000 supporters, which just requires a free account on Lego's website, um, Lego will actually consider turning those builds into real sets. So as someone who has loved Lego my entire life, uh, you know, getting to be the quote unquote designer of a Lego set is literally like my childhood dream. Um, so, you know, and honestly, just like having it tied into gaming, something that I've grown up with and love so much uh, would just be super duper fun as well. So it's out there. Uh, it's been amazing to see so many people be excited about the builds and all the details I've worked into them. And yeah, it's just awesome to see all the excitement for it. What was it about the PS5 and the Xbox that made you want to build these specific sets? Um, I just thought like 
in a way the consoles were so unique in that they were they took two very different approaches to how you could go about a console you know the playstation for many years hadn't really changed drastically in form a typical black rectangular-ish thing and even the xbox had kind of followed suit in a way maybe the 360 was a little bit of a you know a, a difference for for it but um i just you know i just had been so excited about you know current gen gaming like i'm very lucky that i've actually got my hands on both consoles i know that takes like practically winning a lottery these days but seriously um, and they, they've both been excellent consoles in both ways i feel like we're really moving into an era as well of like just gaming being so much more accessible in so many ways with crossplay really being at the forefront now uh like mobile gaming like getting a lot of adaptations of stuff that you can typically only find on console i think it's really awesome that it's just something that everybody can get into so much more easily excluding the you know the rarity of actually finding these these two consoles in particular Right. Um, and then just like, you know, the designs of them, I think were really cool. And the PlayStation, especially with its unique curves and stuff made for a very unique challenge. Um, but even with the Xbox, which might look very simple, it was a really awkward size being like uneven in dimensions. And when you're working with Lego, you typically want things to be even. So the fact that it was the entire build was uneven made it very, very challenging. And then I went the extra mile with both builds and I wanted to make use of like the interior space that where, you know, normally the all the parts would be. Um, so I have like some cool hidden game scenes inside of them instead. I love that. I love that. All about the secrets. Yeah, I was going to ask. I was going to ask, were you going to add secrets to it? Yeah, so that th that was like the main thing. I've left them currently as like mystery builds. But as the projects continue to gather supporters, I because I didn't want to um, like on ideas, you do need to get licensing approval and stuff. So I only wanted it to be like basically like PlayStation or Sony and Microsoft to be like the ultimate decision makers. I didn't want there to be like, oh, I've included, you know, xyz video game that means you know the person that makes that video game also needs to approve this so mm -hmm. but i do want to like show people like what some fun game scenes could look like so as the projects continue to gather support i'm going to build some more scenes love it how did you get into the lego world i think the key is that i never really got out of it i've been building literally since i was like three or four years old and i just loved it so much growing up like the thought of not doing it was just something that hadn't really crossed my mind. And I was probably very lucky to have discovered like the online Lego community when I was probably around the age where I would have been more likely to drop Lego building as a hobby. And just seeing all the amazing things people are building online really continued to push me towards like developing my own building skills and keeping at it and trying to get better and better. And it just slowly led me to getting to the point where I'm actually now basically doing Lego as my full-time career. Do you remember your first set? I do. I do. It is uh, from a like late 90s theme called Rescue. Uh, they were like black and yellow vehicles. And they were just like a mix of different like jet skis and trucks and like helicopters that were designed to showcase people, you know, in rescue scenarios. So uh, I had cool. a, a little truck from that theme. <laughs> Very cool. That's that's very cool. Now, obviously, this is the movie podcast. So when we look at how, you know, Lego makes a lot of their sets, especially nowadays, their bread and butter has been all these different licensed sets. So if you look at some of the best movie ones, what are some of your favorite? Um, right off the bat, Stranger, although oh, Stranger Things is in a movie. Why did I say so excited about that? Let's back off of that one then. It's okay. We'll accept it. We'll accept it. Stranger, we accept Stranger, it. The Stranger Things set is really good, though, for the record. I don't know why. I don't know why I had that in my movie. It's okay. Um, we accept I, it. I will say I do think the recent Sonic set that just got released um, was that that was actually through ideas. So a fan submitted that and it got approved. 
Um, I definitely think the Sonic movies played a large part in allowing that set to come to fruition. I don't know if it would have been as likely to get approved had the movies not been around. So very thankful for the movies, you know, the movie doing well that the set came out. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of my other favorite movie sets, I mean, Marvel has been a treat across the board. Um, The recent Daily Bugle that came out last year was absolutely phenomenal. Really, really loved that build. Um, You know, Star Wars, Harry Potter, there's been so many massive licenses that have had a slew of different sets that have Mm -hmm. been absolutely fantastic. Um, So I feel like we're really, really lucky to just get to see so many of our favorite things from movies come to life in the brick. And what about you guys? Do you guys have any favorites? Oh yeah. I have a wall of uh, Batmobiles behind me that I just, of course, every (laughs) single Batmobile and uh, the Marvel sets have been like my, some of my favorite ones as well too. Uh, Anthony and I just finished building the home alone set, which was awesome. A lot of fun. Yeah. So, so Um, I love that one. That was a lot of fun. I love that one. Yeah, the details on that were like top notch. All the little interiors and just recreating all of those scenes. It's always fantastic to be able to do that. Oh yeah, I mean, I just, I think I just, I finished uh, during the the beginning phase one of the pandemic, um, the uh, Aston Martin from James Bond, and that was a yes. great set. Really, really cool. I loved all the little hidden secrets on the inside too. Very and, James you know, Bond great movie set. <laughs> oh yeah, very James Bond. There's a there's a set on lego ideas that's jaws based and hope oh, wow yeah hopefully that gets approved and that becomes one of the sets in the in the lego catalog because it looks really really good um yeah mm-hmm. I, I, the home alone set that i just finished was it was pretty cool like i really i dug the design and i know this this is also an idea set that came to fruition mm-hmm. from someone i think he was from eastern european russian or Ukrainian, Something like yeah, that, and, yeah, and he mm-hmm. built this set on his own, and then it just got approved. And I really, really dug the whole level concept and the doors opening, very similar to like an advent calendar, and then yeah. showing the different pieces. Um, mm-hmm. I just hope one day, with the technology that we have, they can include like Lego light bricks that we can incorporate to make it just stand out. Um, that's- they they do make some light bricks, but I have to say, I think that's actually one area like Lego is really slacking on. And like, if they wanted to, they could make some fantastic lighting and you just haven't put the time and effort in. Yeah. Uh, but there are actually a lot of companies that do make lighting kits. And I wouldn't doubt that there's a really nice one out there for home, the home alone set. So definitely keep an eye out. <laughs> Nick, since uh, I would say like 2014, the Lego movie came out and I think that introduced an, uh, an entirely new generation to the world of Lego and just, exploring their creativity like what did those movies mean to you seeing them especially the way that they were kind of brought to life with having like the lego component but also having like this real world human component to what were your were you a big fan of those films like what do they mean to you yeah i mean unsurprisingly the lego movie is my favorite movie of all time um i i i (laughs) was honestly terrified i like i think i would have actually said please don't make a movie if they had like asked me like whether or not they should do it Cause I was just so worried it would be bad and then give Lego in general, this bad rap. Um, and so I was like, man, like, I don't know. Is like, is this a good idea? Should they really take this risk? And then I watched it and I was just like blown away. And I just loved how accessible the movie was for both like kids and adults alike. Like it was so much fun, like a, such a fun adventure for kids to watch. But then along the way, you got so many like funny little jokes and tons of nods to Lego fans in particular, all throughout the movie that really like just hit home and like made it feel special and like something made for me, even though it is made for everyone. Um, so yeah, I just absolutely loved it. And I love the way that it just got people 
all sorts of excited about Lego all over again. Really hit that nostalgia for sure. Definitely. Um, but yeah, it was just fantastic. Really, really loved it. Do you have a, a dream? Like it doesn't even have to be movie related, but do you have like a dream Lego set that you want to see come to fruition? Of course, that's not one that you have designed, but something in the world that you're hoping to see in a Lego set form one day. Um, I, I mean, there are a lot of like things that I really love that I would love to see Lego make sets of like, you know, Pokemon and like, I love destiny, the video game. There are a lot of, uh, franchises that I think would do really well in Lego brick form. Um, but like, I, I honestly feel like we've, we are like in a very lucky time where we get to see a lot of really cool stuff. Like, um, even just like the NES recently was just such yeah. an incredible set. It's my favorite set of all time. Um, and that was like, I would have never imagined in a million years, a Lego and Nintendo crossover. Um, just cause it, I was like, it seemed so obvious to me for so long. I just figured, yeah. they, you know, just decided not to, and we're never going to try it again or something. So, um, yeah, I feel like we've been really lucky in getting a lot of the stuff that we'd hope to see. We really there. have. I think for me, my one of the, my favorite sets that I recently purchased, and it's not even a recent purchase, was the piano, which for me was more of a challenge. Yes. I wanted to build this thing. I just saw a video mm-hmm. of it, and it was like, holy, this thing is like an actual piano. Like, it moves on its own. It's it's like, cool. yeah. I want to build How this. Yeah. It worked. Nick, I got to gotta quickly just ask, sorry. Yeah. Have, you, have you ventured into the, the Titanic set at all? No. So uh, I have a bit of a weird opinion on really large sets. I think like I think it's cool that Lego is exploring doing very large sets like the Titanic. But at the same time, I think them being so big ultimately ends up kind of like acting as a form of gatekeeping and that they're really inaccessible to to people because they're so mm-hmm. expensive. Um, like and I think a Titanic could have been an equally cool set at half or even a third of the size uh, been way more accessible to people who you know love the Titanic. It still would have made a great model that looks really nice on a shelf, uh, but it just would have been more affordable. So I'm, I really like. Well, again, I can appreciate the the effort into it, how epic it is to have such a big set, mm-hmm. and you know, obviously, the larger you go, the more detailed you can get, and it, it is right. cool to kind of see that in brick form. And typically, those were the kind of builds you would only get to see from fans because they were the only ones willing to dedicate the time and effort to make something that big, and it wasn't practical for Lego too. But um, I, I would much rather see like a one third scale Titanic that more people could get out there and build and enjoy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's very true. Do you feel the same about the like the Millennium Falcon and the AT-AT that came out? Actually, no, because um, Lego makes smaller scale sets of those things. So if you want the big Falcon, great. Like it's out there. It's, you know, eight, nine hundred bucks. And if you want to splurge on it, go ham. But they also make like a tiny little like $13 Millennium Falcon with a little Han Solo sitting in it. And then there's like a hundred, you know, a 100 to 150 like Millennium Falcon. So they have options depending on kind of where you can afford to, 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 to build. So I, as long as they can do that, I'm going to be a happy camper. Cause it's just like, there's mm-hmm. options out there so you can make it work regardless of your budget. Now, Nick, what movies are you looking forward to this year? There are a lot that I'm definitely excited for. Obviously, a slew of Marvel and DC movies that are going to be really exciting. Um, Uncharted, which I am going to try not to get my hopes up for, given the typical track record of video game movie adaptations. But, um, you know, from what I've seen so far, I'm definitely very intrigued and very excited. Uh, You know, Sonic 2, uh, Lightyear, I am absolutely stoked for. That looks like it's going to be incredible. Um, obviously very curious about Super Mario Bros. I don't know if that's 100% slated for this year or not, but, um, and then Avatar 2 as well would be definitely 
some that I'm excited for. What about you guys? There's so many. I think I think like my default answer is the Batman right now, Batman, just because yeah. it just that trailer just looks amazing. Uh, but also like like you with Uncharted, we we've spoken about it a bunch on the show, where it's like it doesn't look bad from the trailers. It looks like it's fun, but it's one of those scenes that we'll have to wait and, mm-hmm. and see until we're actually in it. So yeah, don't know. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I would say Batman. Pretty much everything that I think in recency, though, I really wanted to see Scream, but obviously Ontario okay. or movie theaters are closed down yeah. right now, and Scream's getting a lot of love, which makes me That's happy. That makes me really happy. So, but yeah, the Batman is probably the one that I'm like, okay, I've seen a hundred Batman movies. Why does this one look so amazing still? Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited about that. Yeah, for me, it's Batman and Top Gun, as well as Mission Impossible. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, Oh, yeah, Mission Impossible, for sure. Okay. Hopefully, they all come out. Well, I'm actually a little year. behind on my Mission Impossibles. I gotta, I gotta catch more. Oh, yeah, you gotta there watch was, Fallout. I know. I, I'm, I'm definitely gotta get caught. There was actually one Mission Impossible kind of like Lego set. Um, it was part of like Lego Dimensions. It was this weird line of like, oh yeah, you know, yeah, where, yeah. Like you buy something physical and then you play a video game. Oh with it. yeah, yeah. So they had a Mission oh, Impossible cool. thing there. It, I, I was surprised we didn't get more because I feel like there'd be a lot of fun stuff to create from the from those movies. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. Tom Cruise just rappelling into the NSA building. That's what we want to see. That'd be dope. (laughs) Exactly. Well, Nick, you know, thank you again so much for joining us. But before we kind of like head off and wrap up today, go ahead. Let us know where people can find you. What, you know, what's the best way they can support this Lego idea set? And also when they can watch you on Twitch because that's popping. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you can find me on every social media platform as Brick in Nick. That's B-R-I-C-K. I-N-N-I-C-K. Um, I, I've, I've posted pretty much everywhere about my ideas projects. It'd be very hard to miss them. Uh, you know, it's not the easiest thing in the world to, like, sign up for an account. But, you know, it's pretty much like any other website account sign up. Uh, so it's a pretty straightforward process. And then you just got to make sure you get a supporter number. And I love when people let me know what supporter number they are so I can really thank them. Uh, so definitely, you know, hit me up anywhere uh, to let me know if you've gotten in there and helped out. Um, and then, yeah, I stream on Twitch, uh, Sundays and Wednesdays at 10 AM and Mondays at 7 PM. That's where I brought both the PlayStation and Xbox to life. Um, and it's always fun kind of getting to share in the creative process with, uh, the people I'm hanging out with and just chatting about all the things we love. That's so amazing. I mean, already like, do you know right now where the supporter numbers are at, at this moment? Yeah. So PlayStation is sneaking up on 1200 supporters. Wow. Um, and the Xbox is sneaking up on 800. So they're both doing pretty fantastic. I mean, we still got a long amazing. ways to go, but you know, we're like 10, 20% of the way there and that's super duper amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's absolutely amazing. Well, again, Nick, thank you so much for joining us. We know you got a busy day, a lot of building. You've got so many sets <laughs> behind you, uh, but it was an absolute pleasure to have you today. It was awesome to be here, gents. Thank you so much. Seeing what people do on Twitch now, it's just like I think it's so easy to think of Twitch as a platform for for games and for people streaming their games. But like, it's so cool to think that this guy's just talking to people, talking to his audience about things that he loves while also building Lego. And all obviously, the three of us all love Lego. It's so cool that he does that. Nick's a great guy. Yeah, that's the dream, right? Getting to talk about what you love to do and you know, getting paid at the same time. That'd be fantastic. Hey, that's a good idea, guys. Yeah. We should look into. That. I like it. Let's get into the news. Uh, looks good. I mean, I'm looking it's down been a while. Here. I'm looking down here. Some of these waves are pretty in check. I okay. feel like Shay we'll was see. the last. See, on my end, it shows me first, 
then mm-hmm. Anthony late, and then Daniel and I are the same almost. That's so on weird. My, I know on my screen it's me first, then Anthony a little bit, and then Shay a little bit. But again, through the magic of editing, they'll never know. They'll never. They'll know. never know. You'll never know, listener. You'll never know what we're doing. Oh, God. Okay, first news story. <laughs> Michael Bay, Gareth Evans, and Patrick Hughes team on the new reimagining of Evans's The Raid for Netflix. This is coming from Justin Kroll of Deadline. Three of the biggest action directors in the game are coming together to help give a new spin on one of the decade's most acclaimed action picks. Sources tell Deadline Netflix has come to a new reimagining a of Garth Evans's cult classic, The Raid, tapping Patrick Hughes to direct with Michael Bay and XYZ Films on board to produce. The original film was written and directed by Evans and followed an elite Indonesian SWAT team that becomes trapped in a tenement run by a ruthless mobster and his army of killers and thugs. Hollywood has since been trying to reboot the title ever since, ever since and this looks like the one that will finally make its to production. The version is set in Philadelphia's drug-infested Badlands, an elite undercover DEA task force climb a ladder of cartel informants to catch an elusive kingpin. So we're all fans of the raid. Um, huge martial arts action fest. Um, we were looking for, we were wondering all this time, were they going to come out with a third one? What, what, is, what is Mr. Garth Evans going to do with this franchise? And now we have news that it's coming out on Netflix, um, or a reimagining of this this version coming out on Netflix. I'm going to start off with Shay. How do you feel about this new reimagining, and where do you expect this to go? Uh, you know what? I, I don't think we need this. I think, you know, the Raid, I absolutely love Raid 1, and I love Raid 2. Raid 2 is phenomenal. Um, you know, it's funny, because when the Raid first came out, there's another movie around a similar time coming out called Dread, starring Carl Urban and Olivia Thirlby, and... Um, Oh my god! I was I always forget her name from Game of Thrones and Sarah Connor, uh, Leia, something. I think Daniel's looking it up for us. I'm getting it for you guys right now. Thank you. Uh, that movie dealt with a similar theme. It was about you know you know officers getting from the ground floor to the top floor of a building of an apartment complex while overcoming different obstacles along the way. So you know. Dread didn't do so well at the box office. It definitely found its life on home release. Um, but the raid, you know, did great for what it was. It is an Indonesian movie. And I always think back to when Bong Joon-ho at the Oscars said, you know, as long as you get over the barrier of one-inch subtitles, um, you know, there's, there's a world of movies out there that you won't believe. And I think that's what needs to be done here. Promote the original raid movie. I don't think we need to see a remake. I don't think that it's necessary because we've seen so many movies in Hollywood that are very similar. Um, but there's there's a there's something that they do. They just lose the magic of what made that original movie feel so special. Um, and Michael Bay doing it too, like he's got his look that I don't know. Lately, hasn't been doing it for me, and it, it he just kind of glamorizes everything that to the point where this kind of movie was beautiful the way it was. It had a great score by Mike Shinoda from Lincoln Park, and it was a well acted well acted movie and great action sequences. I don't think we need a remake. I'm glad at least Gareth Evans is kind of on board for it or doing something with it, but maybe I'm wrong. You know what? Maybe it's going to be fantastic. But again, I I implore people, check out the original. It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Lena Headey is her name. Thank thank you. Yes, that's it. Lena Lena Headey Headey is her name. Yeah, Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm in the same boat with you, Shay. I mean, 
I I think too, even just a couple years ago with the old boy remake, you know, and it's just like why like you, you just think like why is this necessary? And and and, and Spike Lee directed that old boy remake, right? Yes, he yes. Did. Yeah, and it's like, okay, and now you have another well-known director who's gonna be part of this, and it's like, okay, like it just feels like why do we need to do the same thing again? with a white audience mm-hmm. so, or for like for a white cast mm-hmm. or just a cast that's maybe american it just it's just it's just strange to me that like these movies exist already it's not an old movie it literally came out in the last 10 years it just feels weird that we have to retread the same ground and i feel like are they just going to shoot this the same way are they going to have homages to the original where it's like i'd rather them help and develop a dread uh sorry not a dread i'm thinking of dread now of a raid three which we haven't gotten yet rather than have a a new series that's just going to kind of i feel like it's or a show that's just going to a movie that's going to come and go you know that's kind of where i'm at with this Mm -hmm. i mean you have a good team behind it but like you said shay it's like what what is i don't know like what's what's this going to bring different to the table this this is going to feel like a generic action movie mm-hmm. where the original felt like it was new and refreshing and then you look at the raid 2 which i think is like a phenomenal film and i, I like i'm telling you right now if and this is just the i think the way we look at uh foreign films here in like north america if the raid 2 had like somebody's name attached with like martin scorsese or Quentin Tarantino or something that film would have been nominated like crazy because that is an incredible crime drama film Mm -hmm. like that is just such a well-made movie that I think just gets so overlooked because yes it has stylized moments like the first one but it went very serious with its tone and it's just so good and I just wonder like are they just going to follow in these same footsteps now with like a whole new raid series but now it's American it's just it's just interesting that you know we're still doing this in 2022 we're still looking at or 2030 um, if we're going by Anthony's time hmm. uh, we're still doing this um, in this decade like well let's just remake something that's not even that old but for the white audience. A North American audience well, not the white eyes sorry I meant the the North, the Amer- North, North American, American audience. audience yeah um, yeah I always find it weird that they do that the reimagining of a story that's already there and and settled that people can watch you know if you can read you can watch it um and this and, this, and a lot of it is like watching just action sequences so it's not even a lot of reading uh, but it always feels weird to see something that's so good be reimagined again for an audience that can clearly watch that that production that picture um I kind of and but you know this is a you know Garth Evans is the director of those films and he is hard on board on this so it's a little different with this take but i maybe this is just i hope it's they say it's a reimagining but maybe it's just another version of the same type of SWAT team in North America maybe they both the Indonesian SWAT teams combine together to make the <laughs> ultimate raid <laughs> what, what if it's what if it's in the same world as the original raid and Damn. we have like we have cast members from the original R- raid Rico Oase just shows up yeah he just shows up in Philadelphia for some reason <laughs> he's, like, he's like where's Will Smith it's like he's not he's not in this man <laughs> I'm from Kanja Club oh what what movie are you doing Kanja Club because <laughs> he was also Han in Star Solo? Wars he was also in Star Wars remember? yes he was yeah, that's funny. funny the whole raid team would you would you want it in Philadelphia or would you want it in like New York or Los Angeles or if it's in the same universe as the new Peacock show Bel Air, then yes, I want it in Philadelphia because I want them to tie it together. Maybe Will Smith got sent to Bel Air because he was part of this DEA drug squad house thing. And that's what happened. But he's a teenager though. 
oh, I'm sorry, teens can't do drugs and sell drugs? You haven't seen the teens around my neighborhood. They're just out here slinging that dope. Okay. But it's a Netflix show. Slinging slinging that dope. Is that not a term? Sorry, is this this is a is this a show or a movie? I think I, I missed that. Oh, it's a movie. Okay, is it a movie? Because sure, I is it a uh, movie? <laughs> I don't know. Everything okay. on Netflix. Hold on a second, in my guys. mind sometimes <laughs> comes yeah, I think to it's a, a series. I think it's. A, I don't know how you can make this into a show. Like, come on, each floor is going to be an episode. Ooh. Hey, Shay, you no, just there's not now enough. you're talking. There's not enough. Now there's, you're ta- there's, there's not enough there, man. <laughs> There's how how much is happening on each floor? Eight floors. 30, 30 episodes eight ep- later. Eight episodes. Jeez. That's it. No. That, <laughs> so don't do it. Don't think <laughs> if, if you do do it, if you do do it though, you better make movie podcast executive producers or story yep. treatment or something. That idea was born here, and now we're part of the problem. We're part of the cycle oh, of issues. Man. Yeah, we are we fuck, are that fuck subtitles, <laughs> right, guys? <laughs> Um, second news story, Euphoria's Storm Reed joins HBO's The Last of Us series adaptation as Riley. This is coming from Alexandra Del Rosario of Deadline. Euphoria and a Wrinkle of Time actress, Storm Reed, will join HBO's The Last of Us series adaptation, starring Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey. Deadline has learned. The series, based on the widely popular 2013 popular game of the same name, Um, hails from Chernobyl's Craig Manson and The Last of Us creator Neil Druckmann. Rhee will guest star as Riley Abel. She is an orphan girl growing up in post-apocalyptic Boston (laughs) in The Last of Us Left Behind, a DLC to the original video game Riley originally voiced by Yanni King, accompanies and survives with best friend Ellie before she meets Joel. I'm going to start off with Daniel. Daniel being a huge Last of Us fan. I know Shay's a huge Last of Us fan, but Daniel talks a lot about it. Um, and he's super excited about the show. But how do, you f- how do you feel about Storm Reed joining the cast? Uh, no, I think this is great casting. You know, this was floating around the internet for a little while um, last week because, you know, the, the internet sleuths out there were just like, uh, okay, uh, Storm Reed just showed that she is in uh alberta is i think that's where they're shooting it and like her mom just posted a picture of them in canada and it's like and they just started liking and following this person on instagram so people are like starting to deduce like okay this must mean that she is clearly playing riley in um in (laughs) the last of us show um but what i think is so cool about this is that we're now seeing like we know that the show is going to be expanded this is a 10 hour sorry a 10 episode show um that's going to be expanded and give us a lot more depth, I think, to the characters that we saw in the in the game. Because when you add up all the cutscenes in The Last of Us, I don't even think it adds up to 10 hours of just cutscenes alone, right? I don't even think anywhere close game, to that. The game is about like 13 to 14 hours, I think. Like, right. And like pr- with playing. With playing, right? Yeah. And now we're in a spot where they're looking at even the DLC now, which I love. And the DLC takes place before the original game. And the, they do a really cool thing. And I wonder if they're going to do it in the show. Uh, I don't think they will. The storytelling-wise, I don't think it makes sense to do it on a show-wise. It doesn't make sense in a show to do it this way, but they might. Um, where in the DLC, you're playing as Ellie in the wintertime, um, currently where Joel has kind of been taken out after falling on the on the pipe right that's like through yeah, his leg a little spike through his, through, his, through his stomach area through his stomach yeah and then and it's also cutting back to originally where she was and I, I guess in the camps in uh boston 
with uh with riley and like riley being like her first like experience of like loving someone and just kind of figure out who she is um and and it's funny i i thought storm reed was older than bella ramsey but they're actually the same age mm-hmm. they're both uh they're both 18 so uh, storm reed just looks uh, a little bit older than her i find but uh we'll see she's actually younger than bella ramsey that's just crazy that's blowing my mind uh but yeah so they're going to be i think they're going to play really good uh like have a really great friendship with one another and seeing their story develop i think uh, left behind is such an amazing piece of story content for the last of us and it's going to be really cool to actually see this on the on the screen and there's new rumors saying that this is going to be coming out this year uh i wonder if that's true but i'm really really excited for this and i think this casting is spot on what about you shay yeah this is like right when i heard like right i didn't even see who she was playing i just saw storm reed joins and i'm like oh that's riley for sure because that's spot on um that's great i mean like this is this is my most anticipated thing ever right now um I keep keep wanting to go back and replay the games over and over again, which, you know, part one, I've played countless times. Part two, I've only played once, uh, but I really want to finish it. But part two is a, a very emotionally investing game for me. Like, I, it really... Not, not if you, sorry, you said finish it. You mean just play it again. Oh, yeah. So I said play it again. My apologies. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you finished the game, man. Yeah. Part two is, is one of the greatest games I've ever played in my life. But yes, it's, it's, it's tough to get through because of the heaviness of that game, but I absolutely yeah. love it. Um, so I really want to go back, but this is, this is just great. I mean, Chernobyl was a phenomenal show. Craig Mazin really, you know, he's great on um, Mythic Quest as well. Um, Neil Druckmann being a part of this too is a great idea. And also being, you know, being shot in Canada definitely is a, is a bit of a bonus in my opinion too. So this is going to be fantastic. I really cannot wait. I'm just, I'm just so shocked that like, this is the first mo- video game to, t- to, to movie or show that we're seeing that the original creators of it are so intrinsically involved in it. Oh yeah. Like we have obviously Neil Druckmann who has uh, developed the show. He's writing the show. I think he's going to be directing an episodes of the show. Uh, we have uh, Gabriel Santanala. Oh, sorry. Gustavo Santanala, who is um, the composer who's coming back. And it's like, you, you have like so many people who are just directly involved from the creation of the game. Now to the creation of the show. Like, I think this is, correct me if i'm wrong guys or audience listening is this like the first time that we've seen this many original people part of uh like a production like this it make it gives me hope for it yeah even some of the voice actors from the from the game are in the move in the show playing different roles here and there uh which is phenomenal too like i think the voice of tommy is also in the show but he plays somebody else yeah this this yeah. feels like the most uh I guess connected in terms of DNA to its original source material. Um, probably since I would say Super Mario Brothers when that came out with John Luigi. Well, and no, was that not was that not like the games at and all? Bob Hoskins. Was no, that not but like also the games at all. But but uh, Merle Dandridge, who plays Marlene from the games, yes. is also playing Marlene in the show. Yes, that, that's like that's also, crazy. That's what I remember as well. Yes, thank you. That's so cool. Where do you, what, what story do you want them to tell in this series? Because they're shooting in. Alberta, right? I don't know where else they're shooting in, but it Alberta, seems, yeah. It seems like they're they're show, showcasing the, I guess, the second part of the game, like being in the a closed off area with a bunch of people, a community. They're not in Boston. They're not like so. Where do you see this story taking place, or what are they going to portray in this series? 
I I honestly think we're going to see a pretty much almost one for one recreation of what we saw in the in the games. I think this is going to start because we know Joel's daughter Sarah has been cast and she's in this. So I think I honestly think this show starts in my head. I think the show is going to start with Joel living his day to day life um, with Sarah. Maybe they're going to be at like a, a fam like a a barbecue or something like that. And you could really expand the world and introduce tommy you could have joel you could have sarah you could have all of them just like living normal lives and i think it's going to be really important for us to see the before so we could see that after for them right i think the show is going to have a lot of flashbacks as well too but i think it's really just going to start off with joel and the first episode is going to end where i think the the prologue or i guess the prologue to the last of us ends which is with uh joel and tommy running with sarah and the yeah, police yeah, yeah. telling them to stop. They're trying to escape. I think that's going to be the ending of the first episode. And then the next episode is going to pick up. Was it the 20 years later? I think so. Um, I, I think I th- that's that. Yeah, yeah, that's that sounds about right. Do you think it's going to be 20 years still? Do you think they'll do 20 years or do you think they'll do a shorter amount of time? I think I think they can, they can still do 20 years. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not opposed to anything. I mean, I'm, I'm just curious, like, because in the real world, it's a little bit different. But yeah. what, like, I think it's literally by the end of the first episode, I'm predicting that we're going to be at that point. And then episode two may focus me. I don't know if it's going to go back to Joel right away. Maybe we start to introduce Ellie. Maybe Ellie doesn't get introduced to later on. Maybe tri- the, maybe Tess. Maybe like Tess for sure. We'll have to see. And Marlene, like, I think there's going to be a lot of those early episodes just establishing kind of all the players and where they are before all of this. And then we're going to go right into the heartbreak, you know? Mm -hmm. Cool. Let's get into our third news story. Ho, 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 ho. Tim Allen to headline the Santa Claus (laughs) sequel series for Disney Plus from Last Man Standing Team. This is coming from. Uh, Nelly Andrevia of Deadline. Tim Allen is returning to Disney and to the North Pole. The actor-comedian is set to star and an executive produce the Santa Claus, working title, a Disney Plus original limited series in which he will reprise his role, reprise his role as Scott Calvin from the Walt Disney Pictures holiday franchise. In the series, Scott Calvin is on the brink of his 65th birthday and is realizing that he can't be Santa forever. He's starting to lose a step in his Santa Claus duties, and more important, he's got a family who couldn't benefit from a life in the normal world, especially his two kids who have grown up at the pole. With a lot of elves, children, and family to please, Scott sets out to find a suitable replacement Santa while preparing his family for a new adventure in the life of the pole. Production on the series is set to begin in March in Los Angeles. Shay, yeah. how do you feel about Santa Claus coming back? Tim Allen coming back and this being a huge Disney Plus series. Give me your thoughts. Well, ho ho ho, you're right. I mean, look, I didn't know that Tim Allen first of all was 68 years old. That kind of like was a bit of a shock to me. I was like, "Oh, wow, I didn't like for some reason, you know, I just think of Buzz Lightyear and, you know, the Santa Claus and I just imagine him at a certain age." But yeah. this is uh, <clears throat> this was kind of a shock when I got that email. I was like, "Oh, Okay, sure, let's do this. I mean, I love the Santa Claus 1, 2, and 3. I think 2 and 3 I saw in theaters. Um, but yeah, you know, great movies. They're very holiday-centric, obviously, and they're a lot of fun. And uh, I, 
if they want to bring it back for Disney Plus as, as a limited series, why not? As long as they don't increase my subscription for this, I'm okay. No, they will, but it's okay. I'm not upset. <laughs> Daniel? Uh, no, I'm excited for this. You know, I watch the, the Santa Claus films every Christmas, obviously. And when I was watching them, I guess a month ago now, because Christmas was somehow a month ago, almost. Um, I was thinking, I'm like, man, I wonder if they'll ever do something with this series again. And literally, here we are a month later saying, oh, Tim Allen is going to return. And I think that's cool. I, I like the concept of this because when you look at the first Santa Claus movie, it's like, okay, guy falls off roof and he just disappears. And the North Pole, the North Pole just kind of goes on like, fuck that guy. We don't know who that guy was. He could have had a family. We don't talk about him anymore. So hopefully this show gives a little bit more um, understanding to what happens when somebody stops being Santa Claus. Um, so they're not just erased from history and they're just not uh, just like they don't weren't like just gone. Um, and I think that they may have like they I, I have a feeling that they're going to end the show with like Tim Allen falling off the roof somehow and like setting up the next character to be Santa Claus. Like I feel like they're going to do it that way to kind of bring it full circle with the first movie. And Tim Allen's going to like willingly fall off the roof and give it to somebody who he wants to be Santa Claus. I don't know. This is a suicide movie. This is a suicide, (laughs) suicide Santa. You know, this is a jacket to him. Why why not jump off a roof? I'm going to kill myself. That is how they established it in the first movie. And that's how they had to establish it again in the Santa Claus three. The escape clause. No, man. This is how it's been established what if in he this hangs world himself multiple times. That's not lights. that's not the same. You need to be you need to be assassinated by the person who wants to be Santa. Wait, that wait, is how it's been established not, now you're in this saying universe. He was assassinated? You're I mean, he was, he was pushed off the roof. He wasn't he, he's pushed gonna, off a roof. I'm he was telling scared you right off now. The roof. What, but again, but in the escape clause, man, have you watched the escape clause? I have in they theaters, fight? Daniel. Listen, but that was like 16 years ago, man. You I need to go. You got to revisit it. I swear. It was so long ago. <laughs> this plot has been done before. I don't know why, but I feel like I've watched something where Santa Claus is like, I'm done with it. I want to get give it to a new person to do be Santa. And I just, I don't know why. I just think. That's a, it's a common, it's a common Santa Claus thing. If you watch a lot of Hallmark movies, that's a common thing. I'm retiring. Also the um, retiring. Also that movie from a, two years ago that was on Disney Plus Noel with Anna Kendrick. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. also the plot where Santa's retiring and he wants, or Santa's dead, something like that. Oh my God. And um, <laughs> he wants he wants the the family to take it on. Where does Santa go when he dies? Uh, to, hell. to hell. Oh, to hell. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. he for all those B and E's that he commits every year. That and also like all the the slavery, you know. Yeah, that's that'll that'll do it. Yeah, that'll definitely yeah, do it. Think God they, is like, they, dude, I like you didn't pay them. You didn't pay dude, a single w- fucking elf. W- why would you do this around my birth? I just want to know why are we associated together? I wanted to tell you so many times to stop breaking into people's house on my birthday. Yeah. It, it yeah. really upset me, but you still kept doing it. But like, are I mean, are elves slaves in the sense that they get what they want? Like, there's no like dude, they don't get them. paid, man. Okay, you don't get paid, but you live in a house. You have food. You have in whatever the North you want. Pole. Yeah, yeah it's, you, good luck going outside, suckers. Yeah, like yeah, you, you'll die. Yeah, but also, true. you know what also bothered they can't me? Watch Spider-Man about, No Way Home. There, no, they can't. We can't watch it right now. We're basically elves right <laughs> we're, now. We're, we're in No Way Home. Yeah. <laughs> but this is this is what always bothers me with these movies and any movie with Santa Claus. Santa's not for, real, <laughs> Daniel. But, hold on, no, but like for the for the families that don't believe in Santa Claus. 
where did they think these gifts come from? Same with these kids. Like these kids are just cool with like, yeah, this guy's dropping gifts and these parents are like, like, where do they think these gifts come from? You know what I mean? In this world, you mean? In this world. Like it just, they just wake up. Like, I don't believe in Santa Claus, but their kids are getting gifts. Like, where do you think these gifts come from? It bothers me. I feel like the myth. Kill him. Kill him. (laughs) Like the idea of Santa Claus is slowly, you know, disappearing because, you know, with social media and with kids growing up so quickly nowadays like it's so easy to you can't debunk it yeah like you could debunk it very fast is what but I mean. like kids yeah, yeah. will know within like they're so smart too in the sense that they'll just figure it out because of the tvs the, the stuff they watch or the people that are around them and things that they just gather in terms of information i feel like they'll just like yeah that doesn't seem right like i don't even have a chimney how the hell are they coming down like who has a chimney yeah. anymore yeah, but right. I will say like the the magic like there is a like and I remember believing in Santa Claus growing up, um, and then when I found out last year that he didn't exist, like <laughs> when I found out it during was, the story, <laughs> sorry, dur- during the story that clearly he's a, he's a movie character. Yeah, I look at what Daniel's uh, just crying. No, but, like, I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just taking down like my Santa Claus posters. <laughs> Why do you have those? Autographed one too. What? <laughs> Yeah, he, he left it. No, but like there is like I remember in that feeling of like the magic of believing in that growing up, and I think it's I think it's important for kids to to experience that too in some regard growing up because it's like a nice feeling like like having them feel like oh like magic is real uh, before their souls get crushed by the real world. But there's a lot of um, yeah, I think growing up too, it's like I had friends who would tell me that like like no, like my parents never really told us about that Santa brought us a gift is because they worked hard and they wanted us to know that we were buying these gifts for them. And I'm mm-hmm. like, that's fair too. Like that's, that's 100% yeah. a fair thing to do. And I, th- and I think in different countries, it's different for people, right? Like in Portugal, people think baby Jesus brings them the gifts. Hmm. So what can you do? A now, lot of European guys, countries are like that. Do you guys have a right to Santa? Yeah, of yeah, course. hundred yeah, percent. Yeah, of course. All the yeah. time. Now you email Santa. Now you can email Santa. He's, he's, he's now updated. you can email him. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. My, my my family w- was very uh, similar to what you just described there, Daniel. Like they kind of did a good blend of both. They would say that you know, like the really big gifts, the ones that were like expensive, like the consoles or et cetera. My my mom was like, "I got that for you." You know, I worked hard. Yeah, to get that for you. And then they'd always get me these like smaller gifts here and there. They'd be like, "Oh, this is what Santa dropped off," and I was like, "Oh, that yeah. like it kind of gave me a balance of both an understanding of like, yeah, Santa's sure there and he's dropping off these gifts, but my mom's the one that busted her ass in the mall and worked her job or whatever and then got these gifts for me. So it was a good balance, Definitely, I think. Yeah. And I think you know, however you want to raise your kids, you know, that's how you would do it. But if you want to take the movie podcast as advice on how to raise your kids from three dudes on a podcast who don't have kids, yeah, that's how you do it. Okay. Just tell your kids if they want to grow up and be Santa, they know what they have to do. Push them off the off, roof. Off the roof. Find, find a off Santa. Off the roof. Kidnap yeah. them and then push yep. them off a roof. There you go. You, I will say, though, go ahead, go ahead, Sid. Well, you, go ahead, you, finish your you, thought. You're not always going to be on <laughs> your the roof. Your murder thought. But you can find a bunch of Santas at the mall and you can push them off Wait, the roofs, right? Okay. A bunch of you Santas can't. at the mall? How Sorry. Many? You wanna? You want me to kidnap Santa from the mall, bring yeah. him up to the mall roof, and then throw him off the mall roof? He's a big guy. <laughs> And do I have a gun in this? <laughs> uh, I, I, I love I love now that when you go to the malls, and I was in the mall before Christmas, that there's a lot of alternate characters now. Like, you could take pictures with the Grinch instead. Right. And that was so much busier than taking a picture with Santa, which I thought was really yeah, funny. Santa's old school um, now. Plus, I think he's a racist. He could be. He could very well be a racist. We don't know. We don't know. 
Um, but what I was going to say is Cinco Paul, who we had on our show last year, uh, he actually wrote the Santa Claus two, which I, I weirdly love that movie so much because I, there's some movie. moments that I generally just laugh my ass off watching. Um, and yeah, shout out to Cinco Paul for being on the movie podcast and for writing that, uh, writing that film. Thank you, Cinco Paul. Let's move on to some quick updates. Pick director Michael Cernoski to helm next A Quiet Place pick for Paramount. Zach Galifianakis and Elizabeth Banks to star in Beanie Babies, craze film at Apple. Netflix. Uh, Netflix says something. But <laughs> <laughs> Netflix. You don't oh. have it. Netflix. Oh. I, I was literally, I was writing it in the document and then we got sidetracked uh, with the Santa Claus talk. I, I think I know <laughs> what Daniel's going to go to. Netflix is, is, the is price inc- increasing price yeah, uh, prices across the board. I think around the world, um, right here in Canada, is going to be $21 compared to $19 that we were paying for for the oh 4K ultimate package. Um, and then we I also a got a job. I know. And we also got the first look at Batgirl in her new costume. Um, but yeah, let's talk about the Netflix <clears throat> price, ex- price increase. How do you, how do you feel about these constant increases in the Netflix, um, subscription? It's, I mean, it sucks, you know, like this, this is the thing that where we're at right now that Netflix is far and away right now leading the pact when it comes to just subscribers and they know that any price increase that they do if it does drive people away or to cancel at the end of the day they're still going to have hundreds of millions of people who are still subscribed and are going to pay it and a lot of people who are subscribed to netflix won't even realize that their price is going up unless they look at their bill 100 percent. i know it's only i know it's only extra two dollars or two three dollars when taxes and said and consider and all that but like that's a lot like i'm paying and i know we're paying i'm paying for the 4k package but i like netflix is twice of what it was like eight years ago what did it point, start right? off at it started off at like 7.99 holy shit yeah, but that was a I 4K, remember subs- right? That was just regular no, Netflix. The 4K wasn't even didn't yeah. even exist. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I started subscribing to Netflix in 2010, 2011, and it was like 7.99 a month. And and that felt like Netflix then had so many different TV shows and stuff where now Netflix is a more focused like most streamers on original content. Mm-hmm. Um but Netflix other than like cuz we still have The Office on it here and we have like other shows that I'll watch in rotation is one of the streaming services I probably use the least now, which is surprising because it used to be the ones I used to go to the most. I also want to say to Netflix, stop making original content because you have so much original content. It's, it's not like focus on good content rather than a bunch of content. You know what I'm saying? Like it just, it feels like you're paying more because they're producing more, but that what they're producing is not delivering. So it's like, we got red notice. Why are we, why are we even subscribing when it's garbage? It's just trash content. And then out of that garbage, there's a couple of gems. So it's almost like you need to really refocus on what you're making. I I know you're creating this infrastructure for yourselves, but you know, we don't need all those random shows that are not going to lead to anything. There's so many, there's so many, you know, Netflix originals, like you mentioned there, Anthony, that, you know, I'll browse through and I'm like, wow, I've never even heard of this. Like this got no attention at all, but it's either a fantastic or B just kind of really weird. Um, 
it, it sucks. It, it really does suck because they have so much that they they flood their own market. But hey, it's got to be working for them, right? Because they they're the ones doing the R and D. So it's something's got to be great. But I just wish they just tone it back a little bit, just just a smidge at least. You know, like give us not a new show every day, but like every once in a while would be great. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think of the back row costume? Uh, I think it looks great. I mean, yeah. it's, it's one of those things that uh, once you see it on camera, that's going to look a whole world of different. I mean, when you th- when we think back to what Robert Pattinson's Batman suit looked like last year or two years ago from the set photos, everyone was like, oh, what is this? And then you see it on camera and you're like, holy shit. Right. Um, this is very much inspired by that redesign, I think, from 2014. Um, so it looks like just this teenage girl or this young, like this girl in her 20s putting this costume together and i'm excited to see what this is going to be there's been a lot of set photos too that we've been seeing of michael keaton's batman and robin and it's like what is this movie even going to be and it's coming out this year so we're technically getting two michael keaton batman films this year which is just wild to think but i do like the costume a lot i think it looks dope um and i'm really excited to see what this movie is going to be i think for me the 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 best back row costume is the frank miller back row costume that he did for uh not i guess it was a frank miller jim lee storyline for all-star batman and robin it was like black and um the bat was yellow but it and oh, she yeah, also carried cool she always she wore these like bat earrings as well like she just she was like a girl like she she glamored it up in a bit and it was like super cool because she's this powerful character but she's also like glamorized in this in this costume so she had like really cool looking earrings that matched her mm-hmm. her setup and i really really liked it it's, and i i enjoy the purple one i know this like you said daniel this is a back girl in the michael keaton universe i'm guessing right and and it also goes back to uh the adam west purple Batgirl suit as well too right right from the 60s but like i feel purple is too notably you find you can see someone if they're purple but if they're black, <laughs> is that person wearing a purple suit <laughs> Yeah, like you can see them at night. You want to be when you're a when you're part of the Bat family. You want not to be seen. Isn't that yeah. the the point? I guess. But I feel like yeah. you can see yellow, can't you? No. No. <laughs> That's yellow night. The brightest you color in the world. <laughs> no, man, you can't see yellow at night. It's like black. Like purple at least blends into the night. But I don't know. I, I I'm not a colorist at all. Let's get oh into. God. The box office cha-ching. Good, oh, good. That was a good. that was a very like sophisticated cha-ching. Scream set to dethrone Spider-Man with 36 million holiday weekend debut. Spider-Man No Way Home is still going strong and heading for the box office runner-up slot with 26.75 million holiday weekend total. So this is the first time in about four weeks that um, sc- that Spider-Man has been dethroned by the screaming ghost face killer (laughs) (laughs) he uh he dethroned spider-man how do you guys feel about spider-man not being the top one anymore i mean it it may not have come first but i mean it wasn't far off either let's let's be real i mean it was only about eight million dollar difference which is not massive um but again i'm this makes me happy though that scream is doing well and i mean Mm. there's a lot of people who aren't going to the theaters right now theaters in ontario and quebec are closed which is which is basically all of canada when you think about it i mean the Mm -hmm. other provinces i don't know who lives there kidding but 
this is that is a huge market of of people who aren't able to the, the largest markets in Canada that aren't able to watch something. Um, so it's nice to see that Scream's doing well and it's being received well. We can't wait to watch it, but we can't mm-hmm. watch it yet. Mm-hmm. Do you, would, if 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 theaters were still open again, would you go watch Spider Man again in theaters? Even though you watched it like about six times. Yeah. 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 I don't yeah. know, man. I, I, I feel like I've watched really my, <laughs> my time with it. I, I, I had my time with it, but I don't know if I'd yeah. watch it again in theaters. I, I would love to own no, it. No, I get it. I would love to own it too. And, I, and I'm hoping now that, you know, I'm. Oh, sorry. That is an alarm saying, you know, it is time to wrap it up. Thank you very much for joining us. Wow, that's, that's it? <laughs> that's it. No, no. Sorry. Um, it, It's funny that it's like, going if i'm judging based on other sony films spider-man should be coming to digital like the second week of february mm-hmm. but because it's doing so well in theaters i could see them being like no we're nah. gonna keep it in theaters longer that's why we pushed morbius so it could keep making money mm. but who knows mm-hmm. who knows it's killing it's it's going to be like fourth domestic like highest grossing movie ever starting like as of today when you're listening to this episode so in a pandemic it's, man. it's in a pandemic and i just like this movie would have made two billion (laughs) dollars if there was no pandemic easily now there was um garfield was interviewed i think last week or a week before and asked would he come back for a third spider-man movie and he said yes he said yeah you know what like if they decide to do it i'm 100 percent on board what do you think you think sony is thinking right now that they'll do and you know that that andrew garfield third spider-man the one that like maybe who knows make more spider-man films from that but um what do you think you think sony will do it i don't think andrew garfield will come back to a solo movie but i do think we're going to get another spider-verse movie with the three of them Ooh, what makes you see that um only because they're let's look at studios traditionally seeing okay this is now sony's highest grossing movie of all time what made this happen well andrew garfield and toby mcguire coming back and if they did a proper film with the three of them the whole movie or maybe opening up those worlds i could 100 percent see them wanting to make a shit ton of money again and doing a movie with the three of them again in some capacity but i i, I find it harder to believe Andrew or Toby coming back for a solo movie or showing up in a random other movie while also having Tom's movies going on side by side. Again, it could totally happen, but I, I would, I think we'll sooner see the three of them together again than we would a solo movie from any of the others. But that's just me speculating. I, I would love that. I absolutely love that. I, I think that's the idea. That's the dream idea. I do see a possibility of, you know, an Andrew Garfield movie. I think what I'm kind of waiting for to kind of get an official, I guess thought on this is what the fuck is Morbius still because we still don't understand what universe that takes place in what that looks like so I think once that movie comes out we we might be able to be like oh okay this is their next move then mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah because we, we again we don't know like it seems like it's taking place in Toby's universe because we saw a picture of that Spider-Man but then you know Vultures it's the Oscorp. <laughs> and then the Oscorp. Oscorp and it's like which what we know happened? is not in the MCU. We know Oscorp doesn't exist in the MCU. Let's get into some trailers. 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 We had a bunch of trailers this week. Um, we're gonna, I'm going to go through the list and then we'll talk about the ones that um, 
stand out to us. So we got Jackass Forever, the final trailer. Genius, a Conley, Kanye trilogy, which is premiering on Netflix, is also premiering on Netflix and Sundance. Bel Air, which is a Peacock original. The Bob's Burger movie, which is coming out May 27th, 2022 in theaters. Kimmy, which is a Steven St- uh, Sodenberg starring Zoe Kravitz film. Studio, six, uh, Studio 666, Foo Fighters horror comedy film. Moon Knight, teaser, full trailer tomorrow. X, which is an A24 uh, horror. Super Pump, The Battle of Uber, starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt as the Uber um, CEO. And Last Look, which is a Charlie Hunnam and Mel Gibson film. What trailers stand out to you the most this week? Um, well, Moon Knight looked cool. I think the um, the little teaser they gave us was very, very unique. It kind of gave me Daredevil vibes from Netflix. So uh, I'm down for that. I'm always here for it. Um, I love the show Bob's Burgers. The trailer didn't do anything for me, though. Like, I'm excited to see it still because, you know, it's a great show. Um, X. I remember, I remember the poster for X is something that I'd see quite often because it was an Australian movie. Then I watched this new, I guess, American retelling of that movie uh, and the trailer. And man, that trailer creeped me out. It gave me very much like, you know, Texas Chainsaw vibes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never seen the original, so I, I, I don't know too much about it beyond its synopsis. Um, and then uh, I think I think the big one is, is Bel Air. Uh, that really just kind of, I don't know, it, it, I, it, it gave me parody vibes i think it gave me vibes that i'd see in a movie where they're making fun of hollywood remaking comedies into something serious like this would be a movie that's in a movie and it'd be like well yeah have you seen that fresh prince of you know bel-air reboot and then it would cut to this trailer and then as an audience we're supposed to laugh because it's so over the top dramatic when if you remember fresh prince of bel-air is not that at all. So, I mean, there's definitely, you know, moments of brevity in Bel- in, in the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, the original show, um, but it was earned. Mm-hmm. But that's, just, that's, just, that's just my take on it. No, I'm right there with you with it, Shay. I think it's very dramatic. It just feels like drama. Like, I don't think the show necessarily looks bad, like the way it's mm-hmm. shot and things like that, but I just, I'm just more, I think I would have preferred, again, this is just me, who cares what I think, but... I think it would have made more sense for this show to be inspired by Fresh Prince of Bel-Air rather than be a one-for-one remake, but now in a different genre. Like, it's just strange to me that, like, oh, this kid's name is Will Smith, and, like, there's an Uncle Phil, and there's a Carlton, and there's a Hillary, there's an Ashley, and there's an Aunt Viv. And it's like, why does it have to be these characters? Like, why can't they just, why can't this be, like, a, a loose adaptation of the concept of Fresh Prince, but now you're introducing these characters and you almost expect certain things from these characters, certain arcs, cause they are those characters. Right. So I'm expecting, uh, like we even see the, there's, there's a lot of references to the sitcom in the, in the trailer, like will like flipping the jacket inside out, going for the different teams, things like that. Like there's a lot pulled from the show, but I'm just like, I think where the show is going to struggle is now finding its own identity because I feel like we're just going to have a lot of the same, um, plot points from the sitcom, but in a less fun way of telling it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? 
and again, like the the original is one of those shows I could just put on at any time and watch. Like that's my one of my go to shows just for having on in the background or eating something and watching. I used to watch it every single morning and all the time I'd watch that show. It's crazy that it was, it was six seasons, but we watched it on rotation growing up. <laughs> it felt right? longer. Like, it felt longer, right? Because you had to wait. You only got an episode or two to watch a week or a day, depending on when it aired with reruns, right? And it's like we we made that last longer where now we could burn through like 10 episodes a night or 12 episodes a night like nothing. But I, I think I'm struggling with the show right now with it finding its own identity other than just being a, a dramatic version of something that we got 30 years ago. Where are you with it, Anthony? I'm I don't like I don't like it. I don't like that they're they're taking a comedy and now making it into a drama. I also don't like that it's the same type of story and they're kind of like forgetting that the first series is essentially a comic. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it's just, it almost is this remake that is not needed in, in the world of, of um, sitcoms. It's, it's so weird. It's just, why are they dramatic when the show, why it was so popular was because it was so funny. So that's that's where my brain is going with it. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I'll watch. I don't know. I'll, I'll watch it if you know we get the screen to review it. But I just don't think it's needed. I think if we had, I think you mentioned it, Daniel, like characters from The Fresh Prince, um, coming back in a sense, telling their stories or what they've been doing or what they've been up to. That would have been great. Shot a little bit more dramatic, but in a more comedy comedy style rather than this dramatic tone to those, a franchise that's so funny. Do you remember those um like old posts from back in the day of like, oh if they ever remade the Fresh Prince or gave it a sequel series, it'd be about like Will's kid having to go to Philadelphia yeah. to like learn how to like, you know, how it is to be like get street raised, tough and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. Not to be raised in such privilege. And I was like, oh that sounds like a much better idea. Even though like most of those things sometimes sound so weird, but like compared to this, I would take that. But like, think if you look at this show, you're you're telling an audience, don't worry, don't forget about the first Fresh Prince. This is the real Fresh Prince. That's how I look at it because they're the same characters, they're the same people that were in that other one, but now in a dramatic tone, and it's just so weird to see that. It's not like it was this an Elseworld Fresh Prince. Is that what they're going with a multiverse? <laughs> These are, Fresh they're Prince? all they're all variants of uh, of the originals, um, but it's very it's very dark, and I and I think it's going to be interesting to see what this is going to also look like in twenty twenty two, right? Because there's a lot of it's just it's a very different worlds that this show is going to be um, in uh, rather than what came before it, right? So mm-hmm. just uh, it's it's just very. It's so interesting where we are right now with this. And it's funny because we also spoke about this show, I want to say in 2019, we spoke about this show, that this was that this was actually Something happening. Something like this, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, here we are now, like three years later almost. And it's like, now it's, we actually saw this from the inception to its kind of release. So. And this, yeah. Very, and this yeah. started off as what, a like a viral YouTube video, right? Yeah, so October 13th, 2019, uh, we spoke that uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air spinoff series was going to be happening, and now this is out, and this is going to be coming out in February, so this is coming out next month. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Anthony's right. This started as somebody making a trailer for like like almost like a parody trailer, but dramatic. And I think that person is involved in the show as well too. Mm-hmm. This um, is this is a Westbrook so, production, like a Will Smith production. Yeah, so Will yeah. Smith is part of this, right? Um, so we'll we'll see what comes of it. Again, uh, I think we're keeping our expectations open as always um, to be surprised. But it's uh, those are our I guess our 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 issues with it so far. What about uh, Genius, the Kanye? trilogy i know i've been waiting for this documentary for so long because apparently the footage and the collection of of footage around his life has been collected for so for the so many years i remember seeing this documentary of kanye coming out two or three years ago um but how do you guys feel about it finally coming out finally being able to see it's a three-part I guess, limited series that will air on Netflix is premiering at Sundance right now or in the coming week. Um, how do you guys feel about it? I know you guys are Kanye fans. I know Shay was a huge Kanye fan, but some of his new music doesn't connect with him yet yeah, or connect with him I mean, at all. Like, I'm always here for a documentary. Um, and at Netflix, again, like you said, they make some phenomenal documentaries. Uh, this would be, yeah, any, any, I'll watch it for sure. Like, this is something that I, I'm, I'm glad we're finally getting because we heard about it for so long, like you mentioned, Anthony, but to finally now be in a place where like, okay, it looks like it's about to come out finally. Uh, I'm here for it. Let's let's see how good it is. Um, the, the problem with Kanye for me, and I mean, this is just, we're going off tangent here, but I, I used to love his music. I used to think he was a great artist. Um, and he just he became too too out there for me personally like his his personal antics really started to i think um damage uh my perception of him so it, it's hard for me to fall back in love i still love his old music i'll still bump that it, you know it's, it's it is what it is but his new stuff like i didn't think donda was a good album at all like and i kept trying to listen to it and i it was just well not for me but hey people still love him out there and that's amazing so let's see what this uh this doc has to do. Uh, I'm yeah, I'm in the same spot. I mean, uh, when I when like for I just want a good documentary. I want a documentary that's honest. I don't want something that just feels like it's um, released on only what he wants to be out there. I want something that's um, just like real and raw and gives us a good look at to who this person is. Because good or bad, the person a documentary should always be neutral to that mm. and it shouldn't sway either one way it should just be giving you the facts give you the reality of what this what has happened and who this person is um my only uh my only my biggest red flag with this documentary so far is the name i hate the name of this movie it is so stupid oh, yeah. there is nothing you could do to convince me that this is a good name for this documentary series it's so dumb it feels so pretentious and i'm sorry and that's what gives me a red flag about this show because if they're treating like connie west like this holy figure then that ain't it man just give us a documentary of the person we have to stop treating people like they are gods walking on earth because he is not and i think we just and i just want a show that or documentaries that is just honest to who this person is his rise to who he is now and be honest about it and be truthful about it. Don't paint them in the light of like, they are some Michelangelo, uh, Mike, like just painting like, like, no, like stop doing that. Just give us something real and accurate and gives us the facts and is entertaining. Don't just, don't just like 
wear some of the rose colored glasses the whole time. Yeah, I think that I think the world likes to have their they're we'll say they're real like these superheroes that really don't like the steve jobs and these people that are they've changed the world but you know i get it they they made amazing things but like they're no gods usually they're twisted people inside um let's get into what we're watching let's start off with shay because he has the most he's watched the most this week uh yeah okay sounds good i like that a lot of the stuff that i watched i i honestly i can only say what i watched but i will not give you my tone of if i liked it or not because it's still under embargo uh but righteous gemstone season two uh phenomenal i mean i'm so fucking excited this show's out right now uh it is so funny we're all loving it um you guys loved it too i think so really really happy about this show um and the, the addition of eric andre is just phenomenal even the eric roberts he's he's such a skeevy guy that like whenever he shows up in a movie or a show i'm like this guy's up to something you know he's up to something all the time has he ever played a nice guy before like eric roberts has he ever been like a nice person i don't think so i think it's in his contract that he has to either be playing like a former like Mob mobster <laughs> or just like a, a a sketchy person like a pawn like a con artist or something you know I think uh, being the brother of um, Julia Roberts, it seems like he has to because she's so she's good in everything. She's never yeah. a bad person, and then he has to be the He's, bad guy. <laughs> Damn, it's, it's heaven or hell for them, I guess. Yeah, uh, Book of Boba Fett. This was episode three, much better episode than we've gotten before. Uh, but yeah, like, I'm still not like, oh my god, I can't wait till next Wednesday. Like, it, it for me is, I'll see a text from you guys like, oh, what do you guys think of Boba Fett? And I'm like, oh shit, yeah, that's right, I got to watch that too yeah peacemaker we have a review up phenomenal show uh the next couple shows are murderville on netflix pam and tommy on disney plus the amazing race uh season one i just went back to because uh, i noticed it was on disney plus and i used to watch it as a kid with my family so to go back to it and just kind of see all the cool like it was, it was one of the few reality shows that i feel like it was educational in some ways and also like it was it didn't feel too dramatic in the sense of like backstabbing and you know just cattiness it was just people going around the world and learning about cultures and trying to win a race um i am almost done american crime story impeachment i literally have 20 minutes left for the last episode um yeah the next couple shows are love is blind season two uh, the After Party on Apple TV Plus, Human Resources on Netflix, and I went and uh, rewatched The Bourne Re- Legacy. Uh, it's a movie that I, I love. The Bourne series it's a, and The Bourne Legacy was a movie that I I never really loved. I kind of walked out of it going like, eh, that was okay. Uh, but rewatching it again last night, I actually found some appreciation for it. Not that like it, it won me over or anything like that, but um, you know, taking into account the, the world that it's in. Um, and the kind of story they're trying to tell, I still have some issues with it. I think that it, it tries too hard to be a born movie without actually kind of making its own identity. Um, and then I, I, I don't know what it is, guys, but there's something about the Hotel Transylvania movies that I've found funny. Um, I've I've seen all of them actually. I think I've seen two and three in theaters with the, my with my cousins and my little sister. Um, and I noticed that this one just had come out on Amazon Prime because it was supposed to be in theaters as well. And, yes. um, yeah, I, 
I'll be it honest, just came out like yeah, two days ago. Just came out, and I'll be honest, I thought it was pretty funny. Like it just, it's 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 just silly, dumb humor. Uh, it's really funny character animations, and I, I had a good time with it. But did you like notice? Crazy. Did you notice a difference in the voice for Dracula since it wasn't? Yeah. Um, like, um, oh my god. <sighs> Adam, Adam Sandler. Sandler. I, I I knew going into it that obviously it wasn't Adam Sandler, but I I think if you yeah. had not told me, I would not have known. I remember we spoke when the trailer came out, and I said, "Oh, this is actually um, not Adam Sandler." Like, really? Like, because yeah. it, it's he, he's a really good impressionist. He's uh, he does a lot of YouTube videos. Um, it's it's Brian really Hull. good. Yeah he's, yeah, yeah, he's really good because honestly, again, like I said, if you hadn't told me, I would not have known. I, I, if anything, I feel like his. Adam Sandler Dracula is better than Adam Sandler's only because <laughs> he hits the notes perfectly. Adam Sandler sometimes his voice breaks at really high points. That yeah. Brian Hall's voice it it seemed like it still flowed a lot smoother. That's that's the only thing that I noticed that it was a smoother Dracula in some ways, but it was uh, still really funny. I don't know. I had a good time with it. Probably costs costs a, less, costs a lot less. Costs a lot less to have. Um, yeah the budget definitely was cut down because of that thing thankfully (laughs) daniel what what have you been watching uh like shay righteous gemstones i think like all three of us we've been loving that show from the season one and i'm so glad that it's finally back we're looking forward to the episode tonight um to get things uh i guess uh, i'll get pam and tommy out of the way too since i did watch that we'll have a review later this month uh bad boys for life i was just looking for a movie that i'm like what's a good movie that makes me just like that just that's recent but i haven't watched in a, in a while and it was bad boys for life i decided uh, i do this thing like i think we do too where we just go through a list of movies that we own and i got to bad boys for life and i'm like you know what i'm in the bees i'm going to commit to this movie so i put it on or i watched it and i was just like damn this is such a damn good movie so really love it if you haven't watched it yet watch it uh the book of boba fett same boat as Shay. I think this episode was a lot more interesting. Um, I'm, I'll be honest with you. I'm trying to remember the episode as well, too. I can't, other than the fact that it had characters that looked like they came from Alita Battle Angel. Because um, they, they just, just kind of stood out to me a lot. Just Because visually, they look very different from what we've seen in Star Wars. Uh, Eternals hit Disney Plus this week, so I watched that. And it looks so damn cool in the expanded IMAX ratio peacemaker. You could go check out our episode on that to hear our thoughts, which a damn good show. And I was in the star Wars mood and I'm like, you know what? I want to watch something that is in the star Wars world. And I haven't watched in a really long time. And I put on solo a star Wars story, which I have not watched since the theaters in 2018. Um, I watched it and I think I liked it more now than I did in theaters. Um, because I, I think I'm a bit more removed from this this thing of Phil Lord and Chris Miller not being the directors on it, but I will say that the sh- the the movie just kind of it, it really turns into a big slog in the middle portion of the film where it's just like okay we're in these mines and you know we're trying to get the ship and then we're now doing the Kessel Run. Um, I think the movie focuses too much on giving answers for things that we didn't need to have answered or have questions to um but i think the cast is good i think visually this movie is really really cool and it sets off a lot it was the first to really start doing that bridge of prequels and uh sequel trilogy of terms of characters and who these people were we saw a little bit of that in rogue one as well too um but i think this movie just kind of suffers from an identity crisis it doesn't know what type of movie it wants to be and the main character of han solo i think gets overshadowed by the other characters in this movie 
Um, again, I don't think it's a bad movie. I just think it's it's biggest crime. I think is just being forgettable. Um, but again, I, I it's it's not bad. It's just it just doesn't really leave a mark, and that's kind of where I'm at with it. Um, but I do think if they were ever to do a sequel or a sequel series on Disney Plus, I do think there is a space for that, especially now with what we're getting with Mandalorian. But I also think that that kind of that area of Star Wars is going to be expanded a little bit more with um uh what's the series coming the um, the rogue one spinoff i'm blanking on his name shay you're muted sorry uh and andor andor yeah cassian cassian cassian, cassian is his name cassian and yeah. andor so uh we'll see because i because i like that like that dirty gritty worlds that we see in the star wars universe and i think solo does that really well but i just want more of a focus because i think solo turned into something that was just setting up what comes later than kind of focusing on a singular story that's in the moment. But that's me. That's what I watched this week. I was a fan of solo Star Wars story. I think because it was gritty. I think that's what really yeah. connected me to it because it was really just, really gritty. It was this dirt like this I don't want to say dirty, but it was just this rough it was filthy, rough-looking uh character that comes from, you know, being a criminal to, you know, yeah becoming who he is that we know of he, he was always- and i, I, I like that a lot of this movie yeah um i've been watching this week i've been watching station 11 the righteous gemstones I actually watched twice because it was so funny uh the book of boba fett peacemaker pam and tommy uh watched euphoria season two as well as yellow jackets i think they're on their last episode but um station 11 finished their se- series this week ended off really well. I enjoyed the show. I enjoyed everything about it. I thought it just gives me vibes of uh, Last of Us. It gives me vibes of what we're going through right now. It gives me vibes of just living in a world that's trying to get back to where it was. So, And it ended off so well and so sweet. I really, really enjoyed that whole show. I think for our audience, if you want something new to watch, Station Eleven is it that Station Eleven is that for you. Um, Euphoria, on a whole nother level, uh, I think 2019 is when Euphoria came out. And it really, you know, it, it was a show about teenagers living their lives and, you know, drugs and recklessness and all that. And season two picks up exactly where it left off. Um, the relationships between two characters, the drugs are back, the... I want to say I almost want to say it's like ratchetness is back as well because there is a little there's a lot of ratchetness in this story because it's so grimy and it's hard to watch sometimes but it's so interesting to watch it's like one of those shows where you have a hard time watching it because you're shocked that this is I hope this is not the world we live in but you want to learn more about the characters because they're so interesting and it's sad as well it's very depressing um, but yeah season two picked up right where season one ended but it just it went for the whole you know the whole nine yards like it that opening sequence with the grandmother and all that it was fantastic um yellow jackets another show that i think people should watch gives me vibes of lost but again i've told you about it many times watch it it's on showtime or on crave if you're in canada and that's what we watched as always you can catch a new episode every monday morning across all your favorite podcast streaming services 
And you can follow us at The Movie Podcast on Instagram and Twitter, as well as TikTok and Letterboxd. And don't forget to leave us a review after this episode. Give us that five stars. We're still looking for 200, and, 200 right? 200 reviews? Then as many as we could get. As many. As uh, 500, many as a million, trillion. That's a lot of reviews, trillion. But That's a lot. Don't a forget lot. to leave us a review after this episode on Apple Podcasts. Um, you can also review us on Spotify and you can join us on Discord where you can chat with us. Uh, sometimes I show up, I'm like Pokeroo, I follow, I pop up sometimes. <laughs> and- <laughs> what a what a deep reference there too. That's a deep cut. That's a deep cut. Uh, but also, yeah, Pokeroo. this week, <laughs> this week we're also going to be having our review for the after party out. That's going to be dropping on Tuesday, uh, January 18th, around noon, I believe that goes live. So also be looking out for that because you're going to want to hear our thoughts on it. Definitely. And you can also write into the show at hello at the moviepodcast.ca. You can let us know how we're doing. You can give me feedback on how I'm doing as a host. Um, it's three Shay, years in. I know Shay's writing right now. He's like the worst host ever. Yeah, just um, yeah, th- third third year's a charm. Right? Third year, our, our, it, it'll it'll fourth, take, we're going into our fourth year. I think it's just because it's been a long time uh, since. Uh, I want to say, you were and you weren't life. practicing, man. Come on, no, nah, man. Come on. And you can check out our show notes for all those links and more. That was this time with the movie podcast, and we'll see you next.